Father God, we thank you for this time. Um, we want to hear from you this morning. God, I just pray that you would prepare our hearts um, to hear your voice. God, and stir something in us today. We don't want to leave this time the same um, because we've been with you in your mighty name. We pray amen and amen. All right. So I don't know about you, but I've caught myself thinking about what it will be like when we will be uh, able to get back together here at Philadelphia Street. I don't know if you, you see uh, Pastor Lyle's devotional this week, got a little teary-eyed watching that. Um, he's talking about seeing all your faces in the sanctuary. And my kids have many times um, thought about, you know, what it would be like to be able to get back to class. I'm sure yours have as well, to have recess together with their friends, um, you know, our, our, even our harp and bowl crew um, that would generally meet in this space on, on Tuesdays and intercept accessory prayer groups, dreaming about the day that we can all get back together on site, and so are many of our connect groups and our classes. And so I just want to remind us today that for anybody in this online gathering who says, I'm, in bo I'm on board with this series, uh, The Roaring Twenties, and I'm really loving uh, the idea that we can have bold faith and be a part of this defining decade. But if the truth be told, I think my best opportunity to roar is in the past, and I'm not convinced that I'm going to be a part of the roar of Jesus in the 20s to come. I want you to know today that God brings people roaring back from the brink, and he puts them back into his story. Today is Sunday, April 5th, if you have lost track of days, or maybe you're watching this at a later time. And we are building our way up to Easter next Sunday where we celebrate the resurrection. And honestly, can I just say that uh, this morning? Honestly, um, Easter, it's, Easter is also today at Destiny Foursquare Church. There is no Sunday that we come together and sing songs of praise that we don't come with a full understanding of the empty tomb. Can I get an amen out there in the virtual world? Yeah, that we don't come with the power of a risen Jesus. It's Easter every single day for the followers of Jesus. It's always a celebration of resurrection. So when we come to this text today, it's a text that most of us know, but it's the backdrop for somebody I believe that that today that is speaking to you and saying, you know, I, I don't want you to feel like your opportunity to be a part of this roar is gone, okay? Because Jesus does amazing and miraculous things, and he wants to do an amazing and miraculous thing in your life. So today we're going to be um, heading over to John, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 11. Uh, the story that we all know so well, Jesus' friend Lazarus has died. It's so cool to have a son by the name of Lazarus. Um, when Lazarus you know, rises up in the morning, uh, every morning. Jesus, Jesus isn't overly perplexed by this situation, though, when he, when he hears about his friend Lazarus. And he tells his followers, we're going to go to Bethany, and I'm going to wake Lazarus up. So that doesn't mean that Lazarus was sleeping. He obviously, as we'll see in the text, was dead. But what Jesus is saying is, I got a wake-up call for him, and his story isn't over yet. And I wonder if that's maybe why you're with us at church online today, because God has a wake up and call in mind for you, that the, your story isn't over for you just yet. So it says, uh, beginning in verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four 
days, four days. So if you drop down to verse 38, um, by that point, he's interacted with Mary and Martha, um, the sisters of Lazarus and dear friends of his. So all of this, by the way, is a great setup for, for the questions that we all ask. They're, they're, these were Jesus's friends and actually some of his closest friends. And the story still didn't go exactly the way that they anticipated that way they would go. And maybe your story isn't going the way that you anticipated it would go. Anybody feel that way about the month of March? right? And maybe God isn't moving in your story the way you anticipated that he would move. But that doesn't mean that God is thrown in the towel uh, for your story. And it doesn't mean that you can't come roaring back. So it says in verse 38 that Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor. For he's been there for four days. And Jesus said, did I, not tell, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you have sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. There's the roar. It wasn't timid. It was bold. It wasn't meek and mild. It was a confident call out. Jesus was convinced in what he was about to do. And so it says, in a loud voice, Jesus calls, Lazarus, come out. So now most of you sitting, are, you know, you're not sitting on pins and needles here. You're not wondering, okay, what happened? What happened? Please tell us what happened. Or, or maybe you're new to church and you're asking that. But many of us here have, have heard this since we were little kids and we're like, yeah, we already know what happened, you know, but, but you know, can it not be lost on us today? Can it not be lost on us today as we're reading this? What happened? Jesus calls in a loud voice and he says, Lazarus comes out and the next verse the dead man came out. I mean, people lost their minds. Nobody said when he got there, you know, oh, this is, this is going to be great. You know, I've already read this. He's going to call Lazarus' name. He's going to come out. We're going to unwrap him. No, nobody knew it was going to happen. So when he came out, this was pre-Walking Dead. This was pre-all the zombie movies. Nobody's got a mindset for this yet. And when Lazarus comes out, people are shrieking and they're screaming and they're losing their minds and they don't know what to think. Some are running. Some are probably terrified. Some are overjoyed. But everybody knows that this is not normal. He comes out. It says, the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Can you just imagine Bethany that night? Nobody went to bed in Bethany that night because there ain't no party like a resurrection party. And can you imagine Mary and Martha just, you know, they go back to parties or us because, you know, hey, we've got to return. Can we return the sackcloth and ashes? We don't need them anymore. And they're like, I thought your brother had died. He did. Well, why do you want to return it? Well, uh, because we need to get a set of balloons and we need some party blowers and we need some things that you pull apart and the confetti comes out, you know, because we're having a massive party at the house tonight because he was dead and now he's alive. And so that the story was, was over, but it turns out that it's not exactly over because Jesus showed 
showed up. And Jesus changes stories. And I believe he wants to change your story today. He wants to change your mindset from, man, I'd love to think that I could roar in the 20s. I'd love to think that I could be bold in the midst of this pandemic. But it's all this collateral of all the last few weeks or maybe the last few years of my life. And it's kind of got me thinking today that maybe my best days are in the past. So listen, I've never been someone in the natural. I've never seen someone in the natural raised from the dead. I do have, I do remember an experience when I was up in Aberdeen at a Winter Faith Festival. Maybe, maybe dad will remember this. We were at a Winter Faith Festival. I was a teenager and there was a, there was a, an, an elder gentleman in the service that like passed out. And I remember it vividly as I was a young man. And I watched as the paramedics came and picked him up and put him on, you know, one of those cots that you carry him out, one of those life-saving deals. And they took him out in the ambulance. And I remember we were in a Pentecostal church service. I remember the church praying like we had never prayed before. The place was on fire. I believe Pastor Brett was at that uh, meeting as well. We were just praying for life, speaking life, speaking life. And I remember so much as a young man, I remember um, the speaker uh, kept on going. We were praying, we were praying. We had some people praying in the back and we got a call from the ambulance. They had pronounced him dead. But when he he got to the hospital, they said, something happened. Wait a minute, he's alive again. And so it wasn't something that I witnessed, but I remember that experience of hearing that story and thinking, man, God is real. And so I do believe it can happen. I've never seen it with my own eyes, but I've seen marriages that were completely on the rocks, where people felt that their potential was finished, where, deemed, where dreams were completely dashed. And I've been around people who were bound up with addiction um, and their mistakes and their failures and their past. And I've been around people who have lost years. Not a, you know, we had a couple of bad weeks, but I lost, you know, 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, and half of 2015, they're gone because they went down the tubes. They were really bad for me. And you have probably seen those people too, or maybe you've experienced that self, but I have seen people reach out with the tiniest bit of hope. And I have watched Jesus bring marriages that were in a tomb, sealed and decaying, come back to life again. How many of you have seen that? And I have watched him turn stories around. Jesus is not intimidated by how bad your stink smells. <laughs> He's not intimidated that or how many days of decay have already been gone by or how many years have gone by or how many leading health officials in the United States say that we're going to lose to the coronavirus. You know, because he is a miracle worker and he is a restorer, and he doesn't want anyone to be left behind as he leads his church into the Roaring Twenties. He's not thinking all of us are going to go, but unfortunately, you know, you're going to have to watch from the sidelines because you're disqualified because of what you've done, you know, or, 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 or even what's been done to you. And it's your choice today whether you want to step forward with the one who turns stories around. Um, I, was, I was thinking about Samson as I was reading this week. What a, what a great warrior. You know, he, he had unbelievable strength and ability. He could do uh, supernatural things, God moving through him. He was a, a judge of the people of Israel. Many of you know uh, Samson's story. He took the jawbone of a donkey and he wiped out an entire Philistine army with it, along, uh, among many other exploits in God's name and for his glory. But eventually... Samson was caught in a compromise and he revealed ultimately the power um, of his Nazarite vow. His hair was cut and the anointing and the strength was gone. He was captured, his eyes were gouged out and Samson 
who was a great man for the glory of God, was strapped to a grinding mill by the enemies of the glory of God. And yet at the very end of his life, you remember this? He was brought out for sport. He was being taunted by all the Philistine leaders. He was brought to the temple of their God uh, by the name of Dagon. It was a a redneck uh, God, Dagon, and uh, to a place where an idol stood. And they, they just taunted God and Samson saying, this is God's man. This is God's chosen one. This is the one he used to show the power of God. Now look at him. The power of our God, Dagon, has brought him into our house, and he now serves in our house. And Samson, in the middle of that, he prayed one last prayer, and he said, Sovereign God, can you come on me one last time? And you know the story. Many of you know the story. Samson pushed on the pillars of the temple of Dagon, and the whole temple came down to the glory of God. But what it says about Samson is what happened at the end of his life outpaced all the things that had happened in the beginning and in the middle of his life, that somehow it wasn't too late once more for God to show his power and his strength in Samson's life. And so were there consequences? Yes, but can God come through again for you? The answer is 100% is that he can. And so the Roaring Twenties turned into the Great Depression from 1929 to 1941, But our nation came out of that even stronger. Do you remember what they call the people who come out of that time? The greatest generation. They call them the greatest generation. And I want to declare today that that is going to be our story coming out of this. Maybe you have not seen the end of your story, and maybe it's possible that it could still be said about you that you came out of the 2020 pandemic and became a part of the greatest generation, a revival generation, a generation that ushered in a mighty move of God. God doesn't want to leave anyone behind. So yes, the 20s can be a repeat of the past. We can just try to do it all over again. And some of us, we're teed up to do that right now. This this is where our mind is going. That's what we want. I just want what we had. I want the freedoms that we had a few weeks ago that have been taken away from you now. And what I'm trying to say this morning is that we're in a brand new season and maybe God is preparing us for something, but somehow you're still telling the same story of decades past. And it's possible that that could be your future. Listen, you can repeat a story of defeat, or maybe today is the day where things turn around. And the 20s become a decade where you write a brand new story of God's resurrection in your life. The 20s could be about why you can't. Because Lord knows that's where I was in 2018 and 2019. And anybody that will listen, I'll convince them why I can't roar. But what if the 20s our story about the fact that through the grace and the power of God, through even a really, really difficult circumstance, you actually can. You can. That it's possible that God could turn your story around. It could be a decade that echoes what happened during the coronavirus pandemic. Or this could be a decade where you echo how God took what happened to you and he turned it around for a story that shows his glory and his power. The Roaring Twenties could be a brand new storyline. Why? 
because we're all hyped up about some kind of talk today? No, because Jesus is still walking into graveyards and into pandemics, and he's still calling out people by name. He is. And he's still saying, move that stone and let them walk out and unwrap the grave clothes and set them free. He's still doing that. It could be 10 more years about what you lack, or it could be 10 years of you declaring how God has come through with his provision for your life. This is, I promise you, I promise this is a pivotal moment in time. And if that's you today, a few things need to happen. Number one, you're going to need to hear the lion of the tribe of Judah roar your name. <laughs> I love how in this text it says, when Jesus approached the tomb, the stone has been moved away. And he specifically says three words. The fact that he says, Lazarus, come out is important because if he had just walked up in the graveyard and said, come out, he's Jesus. All the dead people in the graveyard would be coming out, right? Be walking around. Now, if your name wasn't Lazarus, it was a little bit of a bummer for you that day, but the point is that Jesus was doing something specific and that someone with no future heard his name. You get that this morning? <laughs> I say that again. Someone with no future heard his name. And if there's going to be a storyline for you of moving into the future, then somehow you're going to need to hear the lion of the tribe of Judah roaring your name. This is what happened to Jesus. And this is why I know it can happen to you and to me. What, what is Easter? Easter is the father roaring the name of the son, right? It wasn't the father saying, everyone who's died, come out of the tombs. It was him saying, that's my son. Come out, Jesus of Nazareth. Come out of the darkness. Come out of the depths of the earth. And Jesus was doing what Lazarus did just on a far more massive scale of implication, right? Coming out of the grave. So there was a moment in history, a moment on the timeline of the narrative of God, where he said to his son, can you hear my voice, son? Because I'm roaring with authority. Come alive, Come alive, my son. And not only did Jesus come alive, it says about him in scripture that he became in that moment the firstborn from among the dead, that he would be the firstborn of many believers and sisters who would follow him in that week, that when God called his name, in effect, he was calling the name of everyone who would believe in him. And yes, that's about our eternal destiny. Yes, that's about the eternal victory that we have over sin and death and hell and the grave. But it's also the backdrop today Day, that he's the God that we came to worship today, and he is still the God who is capable of calling your name. Lazarus, Pam, Jim, Amanda, Bob, the other Bob. <laughs> he calls out your name. And I'm praying by the power of Holy Spirit today that you will hear him call your name. And you will know that this isn't just a message, but this is my message. This is, it's my invitation this morning to step forward into the possibility and the power that God has. The second thing that's going to happen today is that somebody here has got to yawn before you roar. <laughs> God, God does want you in the story. He does want you to live a life of significance that we've talked about since the beginning of March now. He does want you to find a spirit of boldness, and he does want you to be rooted and connected to a conviction that you can walk through in this life, actually convinced that the power of God is real because it has been real in you. Yes. And so God wants you to be a part 
of Rapid City hearing his name, of your neighborhood hearing his name. But for a lot of us, it's not just an instant step into, hey, I'm going to start roaring tomorrow. No, before you roar, you need to yawn. Okay, and you're like, what in the world is he talking about? Yawning doesn't sound like something that the followers of Jesus need to be doing. No one's ever written a worship song about, you know, that. So come on, church, let's all have a big yawn for Jesus. You know, but maybe they should. Because the scripture says... In Ephesians 5, down towards the end of the section, where it's talking about the struggle that we all have with who we're going to be in this world um, and where we're going to live, what we're going to live like in the world, and we're going to live different from the world, we're either going to blend in or we're going to stand out. We're going to let our flesh take over and, and have it tell us what to do. Or we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit and let him take over our life and lead our life. And this is what it says coming down to the end of this paragraph in verse 13. It says, for it is light that makes everything visible. Come on, let me hear all the filaments, carriers of the glory of Jesus. It is light that makes everything visible. And this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Wake up from the dead, from the depths of a life that has been one failure after another, Wake up from a life of doing it your own way and charting your own course or wake up from a life that said there's been too many complications, too many defeats, too many uh, difficulties for, for me to stand on my two feet again and do something for the glory of God. Wake up out of that kind of a thinking. Let Christ shine light into the darkness, whatever it is today. And when he comes, you're gonna yawn a big wake-up yawn. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching quite a few videos of lions roaring throughout the course of this series. It kind of helps me get into the mood. And while I was um, on this stream of videos, I came across a few scenes of lions yawning. And um, if you grabbed a screenshot, I'm putting one, uh, we're putting one up on the screen like this one. Some of them could make some amazing roar graphics, right? If you're looking at them, it just looks like, a, like this powerful roar. But what they're doing was just waking up and yawning like we do when we wake up and we yawn. And, um, and then they proceed to go and do what lions do, right? I was watching this one where the lion wakes up and then begins to gnaw on its latest kill and it happened to be like the, the skull of some animal. So it was like really crunchy and sorry. And as I'm watching, I, I, you know, I was like, what a way to yawn. I mean, this lion was just simply waking up to who he is and the potential of who he is as the king of the jungle, right? And he wakes up and he's like, and he's just being who he was created to be, right? And somebody in this online gathering today, you don't need to worry about roaring in your Zoom office call tomorrow. Um, you don't need to worry about roaring with your family. You don't need to worry about roaring in your community or among your friends that you're hanging out with. You, you're not maybe ready to roar just yet, but you do need to yawn. <laughs> you need to hear God call your name first, and he will call you by name. And you need to wake up out of some kind of stupor that you've been in with a big yawn that says, whoa, I am a daughter of God. 
I am a son, I am a child of the king, or I can be by faith in Jesus Christ. I've got a future in God, and there needs to be this God yawn today that says, I'm waking up, the enemy has me anesthetized to the purpose and the plan of God, and I've believed a lie that my best days are in the past, but I'm waking up today, and I might not roar yet, but I'm going to roar in the future because it's who I was created to be. I might not be on my best game today yet, but I will be back living my life as the person that God has intended for me to be. And then lastly, I just want to implore us as a church that the city is waiting to hear this message. I don't think we have a real concept today of how many people in our neighborhoods, right in our neighborhoods, who think that their best shot is already over and done with. I would dare say that everybody watching today has been through the valley of the shadow of death, has faced some kind of defeat. And, you know, if I could ask you, those that are watching today, how many of you know you don't have to face the valleys all by yourself? You don't have to do that. And if we understand and believe that, then listen, this is our city. This is our friends. These are our coworkers. These are our neighbors. These are the people that we work with, that we know we have a stewardship of a story of someone who can move stones and bring people back into their purpose and their plans for their lives. And we get to offer them something more than, I'm really sorry to hear that. <laughs> we, 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 we've got to, church, in the roaring 20s, wake up and understand that if the city is going to hear the roar of the line of the tribe of Judah roaring into cemeteries, it's going to hear the roar through us, through you, through me. And we've got to come to people and say, you know what? I see that there's been devastation here, but I just want you to know that God hasn't thrown the towel in your story yet. And I haven't thrown in the towel in your story yet. And I am here to encourage you and speak over you and pray with you and walk with you and hold you up and to believe that God can still do something great in your story. Do you believe that today? See, maybe for you, maybe you don't need a stone to be moved. I'm sorry. For you, maybe you don't need a stone to be moved today. But I know that there are some that are looking at this COVID-19 pandemic like it's a stone in their life. They're like, this is the stone that is sealing my tomb. Like this is the end of the line for them. And how amazing would it be if you showed up in their lives and they heard God calling their name saying, your chance to roar is not over, that the greatness of God is not finished with you yet. Maybe that isn't where you're sitting right now. And so it's not for you to say, I need to be set free and I need this message today. Maybe it's for you to say, I need to understand that I'm the carrier of hope. I'm the carrier of the light that's in me, that I'm a carrier of this kind of possibility. And I'm not gonna settle anymore for abdicating my position as a coworker with Christ to just say to my friends, I'm really sorry to hear that. Right? Because it's so easy to just come into somebody's story when it's, when it's a horrible and terrible thing and say, I'm so sorry to hear that. Man, our marriage is on the rocks. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's gone. I don't think he's ever coming back. And our response is, well, I'm so sorry to hear that. Or, you know, our son or our daughter, man, they, they've taken a left turn and we haven't talked to them in months. And, and I don't know if, if they're ever going to make it back. I'm so sorry to hear that. My friend, they're in, they're in an institution. Things have really unraveled around the edges. And our response is, I'm so sorry to hear that. Listen, 
This is not why God brought us out of the tomb so that we can walk through the streets of a city that needs hope and newness of life, telling people, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Our message is not, I'm so sorry to hear that. Could we just pause and ask the God of heaven who still does miracles to intervene, right? And in this current situation, because I don't believe that he's thrown in the towel just yet. (laughs) He's not. Let's just pray right now. Father God, we just thank you for who you are. You are the name above every other name. And God, I pray that right now, right now, Lord, the people that are watching this broadcast online or watching it later, that you, that they would hear you roar their name, that you are calling them up out of the grave, out of darkness and into newness of life and hope. God, we thank you for the purpose and the destiny that we have through you. And God, let us be carriers of that hope. God, let us be carriers. Let us be the filament that your light shines through in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Now, yes, I, I get that there are things that on this side of heaven that maybe cannot be put back together again. And there are things possibly on this side of heaven that they, come, they can't come out of the tomb. But, you know, but can I say again today that you can come out of the tomb? <laughs> but Sean, my marriage isn't coming back together. You know, I don't know what you're praying, but he's already remarried like three years ago. They had other kids and they live in California. Okay, well, maybe there's not gonna be a reunion there. Maybe the marriage won't come out of the tomb, but you can come out of the tomb. You can come up out of the tomb. You can get unwrapped from all the clothes and all the constraints that have kept you bound up, and you can come back to life by the power of God, and you can roar again the greatness of the glory of God. Even though your story may look something like defeat now, you can still roar in the 20s the greatness and the glory of God. That is the power of God's grace. If we, here, here's, here's what can happen. If we don't watch it, our default mindset can shift into us trying to feel sorry for ourselves. And I'm not trying to minimize the situation that we're in. I have more friends and acquaintances now that are directly affected by COVID-19 that I can count on my fingers and serious um, implications for that. So as someone who's hearing so many stories right now, it's easy to go in the default mode of, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you're going through this. I'm so sorry about your loss. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And of course, I am sorry. But there has to be more than I'm so sorry. God has given us a story of hope to carry. And I want people to look at me and see that there's something radiant about this person. There's something resilient about him and maybe a little bit broken too in all of this. But listen, it's okay. It's Let me say this. It's okay to shed some tears. It's okay to process what you're feeling and have some deep conversations with God about all of that. That's good. And that is healthy. But here's what I want us to do. And we can, we can go ahead and and bring over that uh, whiteboard and kind of put it right in front of my keyboard right here. I want us to do a little exercise here. And I want you to imagine that I could um, walk into your space where you're at this morning, um, wherever you're at today, with some poster paper. And um, we're just going to paper your entire wall, floor to ceiling, okay? And um, with, with letters that are, are four or five feet tall, we're going to write on the paper wall the words, I can, okay? 
And I want you to wake up every single day in your mind's eye. And I want you to think about what you can do. Because here's the thing. The enemy right now is here and he's already telling you what you can't do in life. But I just want you to know what you can do in life. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And when you wake up tomorrow, I'll tell you the number one thing that you can do. You can worship God. You're like, well, well why would you want to worship God at a time like this? I'll tell you why. Because it's what we were created to do. It is our created purpose to give glory to the creator who made us. And even when you're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, you do not lose your ability to worship the great and almighty God. You are still able to do the one thing that you were created to do for the rest of your life. We may not be able to do some things this week that we were able to do just a few weeks ago that we once did. And there are some real life consequences to what this virus is doing in our world. But listen, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. John 10, 10, right? My life verse. But the last part is the life verse part for me. What does Jesus do in response to that? He's coming to give us life and life more abundantly. You can be a generation changer. You can be a mother. You can be a business owner and still prosper during a pandemic because your God is Jehovah Jireh. You can be a voice for God to your peers. You can be a game changer in history. You can take up a hobby. You can drive your car. You can start a plethora of Bible studies and home groups on Zoom. You can do whatever you set your your mind too. Yes, there are some things that will not be restored on this side of heaven, but you can, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can. <laughs> you can. God is great and God turns stories around and he is able and willing and ready to turn your story around. And he is going to use you if you will let him in a powerful way in this generation. Don't believe for one second that your best opportunity to roar for the fame of Jesus is in the past. There is not too much water under the bridge for you to stand in hope and say, God called me by name. In fact, I hope that we have some of us that are bold enough to believe that the church, Destiny Foursquare Church and the church here in Rapid City will be awakened like never before. It's what I believe. You've got a story and I've got a story not to hide in a closet somewhere and forget in our past, but to say to the world, God brings people victory. Just look at what he did in my life. And I believe that while I can be, you know, so sorry, I'm so sorry to hear that, that God hasn't thrown in the towel for you. That you can come roaring back from the brink. And he's saying that and he's speaking that over you today. He is speaking that and declaring that over you today. Oh, there's an enemy that is speaking exactly the opposite of that over you. But come on, it's past time to unwind all of the lies. And you're going to need help. Once you step out of that light, into Jesus to have people come around you and help take off all of that stuff, all those grave clothes off of you. But the end result can be the same as it is in this text. 
And that result is you're going to be free and you're going to live. And listen, this is what the verse says as we wrap it up here in John 11. It says, many people, the next verse says, came to believe and put their faith in Jesus. Many people. Father God, we thank you for your word to us this morning. God, we thank you. It gives us life. It gives us hope. Um, I just really believe that your church is called to rise up and roar. In a, in a time where the world shrinks back in fear, that your church can stand in faith and boldness and say that you're calling us out of death and into marvelous new life. God, we thank you for the, the Holy Spirit leading and the power that you can give us, Lord, to be a hope and a, and a, and a just a, a world that feels like it's just fallen and breaking apart. God, let us be the voice that speaks truth, truth that never changes, truth that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's who you are, Jesus. You are my firm foundation. God, I pray for our church body today. I know, I know, you know, that there are those of us that are listening right now that are fearful, that are, are, are scared, that are, that are sick. Lord, we just declare your healing hand on every single life that is listening this morning because you are the healer. God, you can bring people back from the dead. You can heal people from whatever sickness or illness they have. So we just declare your healing power and your healing touch. Amen. And God, we just ask, Lord, that you would use your church. God, we, just, just the beautiful scene that we saw this morning on the Zoom call of your church, your people, just waking up all over this town to, to join together and to worship the true God, who you are, so that we can raise a noise that would just shake the foundations of Rapid City. Amen. God, we have a city that needs to hear your voice. And I pray, Lord, that you will bring us to the place where we believe that we can. Not that we're, because right now it's easy to listen to the enemy say everything that we can't do. But you are calling us to be an I can people. You're calling us to walk out of the grave, to shed those grave clothes, and to walk in newness and fullness of life. God, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your word this morning. Now, um, there's something, and I, I, I forgot about this. I meant to include this graphic, um, so forgive me, but... Um, in my devotional early in the week that nobody watched, um, <laughs> they, I was talking about an opportunity, and maybe I'll get a chance to share it some more. But I want to encourage you, um, I want to encourage us as the church, something called Two and Two for Hope. And um, we'll, we'll, place, we'll blast that all over the uh, website again um, this week. But um, the idea is, you know, the numbers two and two, for hope. It's much more uh, appealing if you can see it visually, but, but I, was, I forgot about it. And so the idea is that we, as, as the church, no matter where we're at, that we would take two minutes a day and uh, spread a message of hope to two people in our circle. And if we all yeah. did that as a church, as a body of believers, if we all do, did that, just think of the exponential impact. And I know for, for many of you, two is not going to be enough. You're going to you know, just be overachievers like you are and, and go above and beyond. But I want, you to, I, want, I want to challenge you 
as you get up in the morning to even pray, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you to give me the names of two people that um, specifically that you would lead me to, to, be, to spend a message of hope and life that you've given me as a follower of Jesus. And so God, um, just help us to walk in boldness as, as we do that. Um, we are so thankful for who you are again. And I would just want to pray this way too. If you're here and you're listening this morning, um, maybe you're new to this whole church experience. I, I love all the new faces that we're seeing um, uh, on our live streams. We want to invite you into a relationship with Jesus. And so, um, you know, what, what that looks like uh, is, is just a, a father and a son um, who love you so much. He sent his son to, to be a rescue for you. Um, no, no matter what type of situation you are in life, no matter how far you feel like you're um, you know, in the pits, um, you could be in a grave right now and he will call you out of it. That's who Jesus is. And so, <laughs> and so um, I just want to invite you into a relationship with Jesus this morning. Um, if that's you, um, would you just um, bow your head wherever you're at and close your eyes, um, just, just in a way of, of just um, kind of sealing this moment and making it special. And would you just pray these words after me? Say, Father God, I give you my heart. All that I am is yours. I surrender my life. Thank you for coming to be a rescue. Thank you for the cross. For paying for my sins. My life is yours. I follow you. In your mighty name I pray. Amen.